Hello, everybody. My name is Dane Gentry. This is a Tired of Being Knocked Down podcast. I hope everyone's doing well tonight. Tonight, I'm having a special show, man. It's, it's uh, We've been wanting to do this one for a little while. Uh, I'm going to have Beth on. Um, Beth is my wife, for all y'all who do not know. Um, she is works in the uh, field of addiction, uh, soon to have a degree. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about mental health and uh, the importance of it and the importance of, hey, honey. There we uh, are. Yeah, there you are. And the importance of the signs, early signs of it, and what causes it more, and all them things. So, hey, how you doing, honey? Doing well. How are you? Doing good. Can you hear me good? I can. All right, everything's good. I'm gonna wait a few minutes before we start. Just let people come on a minute. Let them come okay. in. That way. We ain't gotta keep. Uh, I'm gonna go and put this on the recording so it'll be on there. I've got a show coming. Up. It's gonna be my first video uh, show. I'm kind of proud of that, and it's really on the lines of what I originally. Uh, started out with the idea of and that was stories of hope uh, people who've overcome uh, just on un, 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 um, what's my word I'm looking for uh, unbelievable things to to make it and to prosper in life and there's a guy by the name of David Riggins if you don't know his story you will he um, uh, was basically knotted out on fentanyl and was burnt and lost a leg and um, through all that he has stayed sober since it changed his life and um so he's going to be on with me talking about his story and um, his strength and hope, uh, which is, to me, unbelievable. I mean, to go through something like that, I thought going through all my tooth stuff without any, any medicine was something. <laughs> that's nothing compared to what this man's gone through. And he, and he's, it's so incredible because it, it's led his heart into wanting to help others. And so um, that I don't know the date on it. And then I've also, I'm going to have um, a young lady on who is also uh, – overcome some things and started a treatment center and uh, her name is leslie um is she still sober, sober living homes and she does a lot of a lot of things yeah um, yeah and so and she's big in it and she, she's done some good stuff for us um and so and that's kind of how all this stuff works you know uh, us addicts when we're out there people wouldn't believe the hearts that we truly really have and how we really are and um especially someone like me i try to hide it and do all that but uh, no one's come on yet. We're going to go ahead and get started, though. Um, we're going to keep it at an hour. So, uh, are you ready, baby? I'm ready, and we'll probably get a lot of downloads afterwards. So, yeah, that's what it's all about, anyway. You know, we yeah, people to people to listen and share because this is um near and dear to my heart. Um, mental health. Um, everybody has it. <laughs> Sometimes it's not good, um, but it's important to talk about. And um, I first want to give a shout out to God because um, he is my everything. Without him, I can do nothing. So I first want to acknowledge him um, before we get into this. So um, that's, you know, I always talk about God and, but I think uh, I would like that idea better. You just then hit me with it at first instead of always waiting till the end. Um, okay, honey. So uh, here we go. I'm going to be your big interviewer tonight. You got to be easy on me now. It'd be easy on me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about uh, why mental health is important uh, okay. for our overall health. Okay. Um, well, first of all, mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. So it affects how we think, how we feel, how we act. It determines how we handle stress, how we relate to others, and how we make healthy choices. Um, it's important in every stage of our life from childhood, um, adolescence, and through adulthood. Um, 
an example is, is depression um, increases the risk for many types of physical health problems, um, conditions like diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Um, and it's proven um, that it, it does, it, when you do not take care of your mental health, you do suffer with diseases um, that can end your life quicker. Um, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I mean, I think that's huge. I hope everyone's catching that. I, I think that's something that we don't think about. I mean, a lot of us don't think about mental health alone, but those things, what the other underlying things, I guess you would say, um, I may be wrong on that, but the other underlying things that it causes, um, I never thought about that. I never thought about the diabetes and heart disease and all that stuff. Um, but I guess it kind of it kind of fits in a way. Uh, depression causes so many things. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I mean, an example is like um, your mental health. When somebody is like lonely, um, they suffer, and it's it is um, it is and loneliness is actually um, it's it's actually an epidemic in our country too. People don't realize um, that can end life quicker. Um, when people aren't happy and they everything struggles, you're not taking care of yourself, your body, your body suffers in, in many ways. So it's important um, to take care of our mental health. And I, I do want to mention, um, and not to stereotype, but but men have a harder time admitting um, because of stigmas that they have issues with depression, anxiety, things like that. I do want to point out this is a medically recognized condition that needs to be addressed and treated by medical professionals if anyone is struggling with mental health issues. Um, there is absolutely zero shame in this. It is, again, like like having diabetes um, or a heart disease or um, whatever you may have that you might need treatment for. It is, it is a medically recognized disease. So um, I just want to point that out there. Um, I don't know. We're in Tennessee. I don't know. Um, I don't know everybody's area, but there there is help available. And I do want to point out if there's a way at the end, if someone is struggling, um, we'll figure out a way um, they can reach out to us to get resources um, for mental health. But um, mental health can change over 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 time, obviously, and it depends on many factors um, when demands are placed on an individual and it exceeds their resources and coping abilities and um, their mental health is impacted. So for example, if someone working long hours, caring for a relative or experiencing, you know, financial hardships, um, they can experience poor mental health. Um, statistics show that more than one in five adults have mental illness. I believe that's a lot higher. Um, yeah, me too. And we don't actually, you know, they can't actually poll everybody in the United States. So um, these are statistics, statistics they have, and they're not always up to date. So these may be, a, you know, lagging by a couple years um, by the time they, they put out statistics. But I can guarantee the numbers that I may say tonight are much higher um, today. Over one in five youth from ages 13 um, to 18, either currently or, or at some point in their life, have had a, debil a debilitating mental illness. And that's, wow, that's unbelievable. Uh, that's why. Mm, yeah, it is. That's high. It is. Um, there's no single cause for mental illness. Um, 
you know, we talk about co-occurring disorders with addiction. Um, people can either have like a mental illness, which leads to addiction or have addiction, which leads to a mental illness. Wow. Um, there's something I, called adverse childhood experiences. And it's something if you ever go um, in to get treatment or go in to get um, therapy counseling, um, the, they should give you a sheet that's called the ACEs. And that's the adverse childhood experiences. Um, and people that score, <clears throat> they were saying six or higher, but they're now saying like four or five. If you score like a four on this, and you can go online and look it up. Um, it's the ACE. Again, it's adverse childhood experiences. If you score anywhere between like a four or six or higher, they show statistics um, where this can, this can take off nearly 20 years of your life if things mm. aren't dealt with. Wow. Um, the ACE test deals with things in your childhood from um, child, child abuse, sexual assault, um, witnessing violence where your parents divorced. Um, you know, was there violence in the home, fighting in the home? Were one or one of your parents or more incarcerated? Um, did you not have both parents? So it's kind of interesting to look at. This, I, won't, I won't stop you just a second because, yeah. I mean, just think about how many things you just hit me on the head with. Yeah. How many of them, I mean, that you just named out that I, that I had. Um, and you know, it's, it's important to, when you're reaching out, you know, you might not have the right doctor at first. Uh, we know my situation the first time I didn't like the person. Um, and had I got, had I dealt with it back then, if I'd had a good doctor. So don't, if, if you feel you got something going on, you're reaching out and you go to a doctor and you, and you don't feel the right for you. Don't let that discourage you. Because there are some amazing people out there, and, and they have a heart for it, just like people do in addiction. Hey there, uh, GGRV, how you doing? Um, so don't let that don't let that be a, a factor of, of um, keeping you from reaching out to someone else. Go ahead. No, absolutely don't. Um, for those of you that have insurance, you can go to the back of your insurance card, and there's a number for member services, and you can call in into that and tell them what you're experiencing. Um, for example, I just had somebody, um, I work in the addiction field. Um, I work as peer support and case management. Um, and I, I try to help people, you know, with resources and things you can call and get, um, like if you're, if you had experienced trauma, you need a trauma counselor. If you're experiencing grief, um, you can get somebody that specializes in grief, but here's the thing. It is, it is, there's one counselor for every 350 people. Um, and not all those counselors are, are always very good. Um, so I always tell people it's important. Um, this is your time. This is, you know, your money. You have a right to interview the person that you're going to be sharing these details with. I can't say how many times I have somebody that says, I didn't like the, you know, therapist and I'm tired of having to start over and tell my story from the beginning. It's so hard already for a lot of people to open up. Um, about things they experienced in their life, in their childhood, or going through now, much less have to start over um, with different therapists. It's 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 hard. So yeah, make sure yeah. that you know you're asking for a specific um, a specific uh, counselor that deals with specific issues that you're going through, and then interview that person before you meet with them and open up. And, um, and that, that, so that's that's advice. Um, I've I'm a um, a big supporter of 
therapy and counseling. Um, I'm about to finish my master's degree in counseling, so obviously <laughs> I'm a big supporter of it. Um, but I've, you know, I've been in therapy, <coughs> excuse me, probably over 20 years in my life off and on. And when I go through times where I struggle, um, I'll pick up that phone and, and I'll reach out to try to get some help. And I may only need to, you know, be with the therapist for three months or so to get over, you know, something I'm going through right now, or, or I may go through, you know, a longer period. I, I don't know. Everybody's different, but don't hesitate to reach out for help. It's, it's so important. It is. And it, it's a hard thing to do. I mean, when I had my deal, um, I knew I wasn't right. I knew it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to believe it. And the reason I really didn't want to reach out for help because I had a bad experience the first time when you, you know, you tried to get me to go to that place. I don't have to say it, but, um, and immediately we both were shut down from the guy. I mean, we were sitting in there and I knew you felt what I felt from it. So, you know, if, in my opinion, if the doctor you go see or, or therapist or whatever, if they're not very thorough, um, they might not be the right one for you. Um, I said it last night. I don't think you was on here. I talked about Centerstone. Uh, you know, it, it's free for people. I don't know what you have to do or whatever, what the qualifications are, but I had an amazing therapist there. Um, and she is what, you know, um, helped me change a lot of things. But Beth tried to get me to go get help for a long time and counseling and all this, and I wouldn't do it. I always thought that my only problem was drugs, and that's just not true. Uh, there's always some underlying stuff, and I still deal with stuff. I still have stuff I have to deal with. So just just because you're sober, man, uh, you know, you got you to gotta think if you're someone who I know everybody that deals with mental health is not just addicts. Um, but if you are, you already took a big step when you reach out for help for your addiction. So do the same thing for your mental health. Um, if you see the little signs or if you have any of these, what did you call them? Aces? Is that what you call them? The Aces test. Yeah. Um, and capital A-C-E, it's Adverse Childhood Experiences. Um, and it's interesting to, to see where you might score on that. Man, I score very high. I mean, just you might be to, Yeah, basically, you never had a chance. I never um, had a chance. I, yeah. You're right. I didn't have a chance. Uh, well, not with I everything didn't. everything you went through. Um, and not everybody has the same coping mechanisms to deal with things. Um, I, I had wonderful parents, but I did have a mother that didn't know how to cope um, right. with things. So. I was, you know, she wasn't able to teach me how to cope with, with normal things. I grew up thinking slamming doors and screaming and throwing my hands up in the air and saying I quit um, was the way to go. And it's not. So there's no shame in that either. And I mean, uh, parenting doesn't come with a handbook. People don't always know. And from, you know, my mom's generation, they didn't talk about things. So, you know, as we go through life, each generation, um, it changes and, Things are being brought to light, thank God, and we're able to um, talk about things more than than we ever used to be. It's it's more accepted now, I guess. So um, it's there's not so much stigma in the in the shame of it, which never ne there never should have been in the first place. No, listen, I've always considered myself to be you know a tough guy, big guy, tough guy, this, that and the other, and um, I needed help, and I needed a lot of it. Uh, without it. You know, I wouldn't be on the other side of this microphone. I have no doubt about that. So please reach out. And uh, speaking of that, I'm going to lead us right into that subject. That goes along with mental health, which is suicides. Um, uh, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about that. 
All right. Yeah. Let's do it. We we talked yesterday. I kind of mentioned um, every five minutes, somebody dies from a drug overdose. Um, every 11 minutes, somebody dies from a suicide. Wow. And I just want to give a pause for a minute to think about that. Every 11 minutes, that's almost six people an hour. Mm. Um, and then that's 12 people an hour with drugs. Um, these are things that can be controlled because there's help available. It's not a death sentence. Like you have a disease like cancer in, in the end stages, that's going to take your life. These are things that we have the tools, um, to get help for this, but it involves reaching out and, and that can be hard. Um, but there's, uh, many factors that increase risk for suicide. Suicide is, um, I, I think most of us at least know somebody or have heard of somebody that's taken their life. Um, um, I guess I know many, I know many people myself. Yeah. Uh, I didn't witness it firsthand, but I found a few people, um, and, and different things like that. And these, and some of these people were friends of mine, you know, yeah. uh, and I've had friends from my childhood also. And then my nephew, of course, uh, Go ahead, honey. It's, um, you know, I felt it too. And, um, and I, you know, I tried to take my life when I was 18 over something. I look back now, it was so silly, but I didn't have the, and that's when, that was my first experience in, in therapy. My, my parents got me into therapy. Um, but I guess it was what a year and a half ago, my ex-husband, uh, took his mm -hmm. life, yep. um, left our boys, um, and and one of them struggles greatly with it um it's it's heartbreaking um you know and, and i have known him for 40 years never never would have seen that coming never would have seen it coming um i definitely didn't expect that phone call that morning when you called me yeah that was the last thing i expected you to say i i didn't know what was going on um and it was um yeah uh, go ahead i'm sorry no, don't be sorry. Um, I don't want to talk the whole time anyway. <laughs> but anyone that's experienced violence, um, child abuse, bullying, um, sexual violence, all have a higher risk, um, higher suicide risk. Um, so I talk a lot in my groups about being connected um, to people. And not everybody um, has family that are healthy and can, or that they can connect to. Um, but reaching out to people, getting connected to people is so important. Um, you know, church in, and, and finding the right church, um, that's a good way. Finding groups, things that you enjoy doing, hiking clubs, biking clubs, whatever, connecting with people. Um, and people say you can count your friends on one hand. Sometimes you can count them on one finger. So I always talk about like, don't wait. You don't, we don't know what, what life is going to present to us. We don't know what's, what's coming our way from one minute to the next. So don't wait. Um, start building connections with people. You, you need that people that are, um, that struggle with, um, addiction. Um, you know, there's all kind of support groups, people that have experienced group, uh, grief, their support groups, their support groups for almost anything you can think of. But for people that aren't comfortable with that, 
find what you enjoy doing. What is your hobby? What do you enjoy doing? And look into your community um, and and find, you know, what groups are available. Um, get into service work, anything. But just connections with people are, are important to have. Um, that's And that's what I say a lot. I say this a lot of times is that when we're out there in addiction, you know, things are going on. Uh, unfortunately, we lose people. We do all these things, but we don't feel. And that's the whole purpose of us doing drugs. And so it's the same things that happen in sobriety. It's just now we feel them. So we have to have a way to deal with them. Uh, and that's what we don't do. And so things hit us harder when we're sober, I guess is the best way to put that. And uh, for me, that's true anyway. And that's why I got high like I did. And that's why I stayed so numb out and numbed out. And yeah. the last of my addiction, you know, I, all I did was set up on the uh, uh, edge of a, of a motel bed and smoking heroin or fentanyl and killing myself. And But I was doing it because I was running from all the other problems I was having. But I can see, look, we got uh, VJABs from Nigeria. He's yeah, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Absolutely. It's awesome. Um, so, so in again, I told you statistics may um, not be be current, but just an idea. So, um, the rates increased. Suicide rates increased almost thirty six percent between two thousand and two thousand and twenty one, and it was actually responsible for almost fifty thousand deaths in twenty twenty one. And that's where you get the number um, of one death every 11 minutes from suicide. Wow. And then people who um, think about or even attempt suicide is much higher. And again, we don't have all the numbers because not everybody reports it. No. Um, and and I, can I go back and touch on something else real quick? Yes. On, on the, when you're talking about suicide, you're talking about this, the sexual things as a child, you know, that's, that's a hard thing for a man to come out and say, I mean, Absolutely. I can only imagine, uh, it didn't happen to me. Thank God. But I do know, um, that it's, uh, it is very big. I mean, I know it's, it's real high in, in women, but I think now the numbers are showing that it's uh, almost as high with, with boys. Uh, don't, don't feel it's your fault. You know, that's not your fault. And whoever you go talk to is going to be a safe person. Uh, so let it out, man. Talk about, it. they're not going to share it with anyone. They're not going to talk to about, talk about it to anyone. You know, you have to, you have to share on it and let it out and get it gone. Absolutely. Uh, you got to walk through that pain to get to the other side. That's important. Shoving it down and not acknowledging it is toxic and will poison you. Um, it's not going to get better, but I can, I can tell you, um, you know, I went through it as a child um, with my half brother and um, I went for years covering it up. And when I went through therapy, you know, I had a counselor talk to me and tell me, this is not your fault. You know, I felt shame. And as a woman, I felt shame. And I know it's much harder for men. Um, there is a difference. I want to point this out, too, in shame and guilt. Shame is I am a bad person. And guilt is my behavior was bad. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't do anything to bring this on. It happened to me. And I had to walk through that. And it was uncomfortable. It felt dirty. Um, but I can tell you now, I don't feel anything about it anymore. I don't feel any shame, any guilt, any, any bad feelings at all. And that's because Jeez. I did the work and I went through therapy. Um, I don't have anger towards him. Um, and so I'm telling you, there is hope in getting help. And she's being one million percent honest because I tell her myself 
oh, I don't know how you do that. That just goes to show your health. But I want to say also, I said it didn't happen to me as a child. It, it really did with women, um, with me as a young child. Uh, I never really looked at that as being uh, that I was molested. But in reality, I was. Um, I don't know what the deal was there. We've talked about it a lot. And I uh -huh. bet this is the first one that really pointed out that, yeah, it was wrong. And But we as, as men or boys, I was a boy. Um, I'm just now really becoming a man anyway, but, uh, um, we, uh, we think it's cool. You know what I mean? Oh man, look here, man. My friend's mother wants to No, man. That's molestation too. It's wrong. You had um, older women coming on to you as a, yes, that, as without a, a doubt. Yeah, as a yeah. teenager. Mm, yeah. Without absolutely. a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Um, you know, what's really sad to me is suicide was the second leading cause of death for kids age. 10 to 14 and and also in the age range from 20 to 34 um but these are the things these are the, the hard subjects to talk about with kids it is important as parents and i want to say this leave that door open do not react when a child comes to you if you can get them to talk to you about something do not react do not be shocked you can talk about it with somebody later but give them that safe space, hold that space for them to share and then be able to get that, that help for them. Um, at such young ages, it's sad. It is just, it's alarming to me. Um, I always kept that door open for my kids. Like nothing is too big for you to talk to me about. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to freak out on you. I just want you to be able to talk to me, keeping those lines of communication open. It's, it's so important. Um, and I saw a thing. I, I want to touch on that, what you're talking about with kids also. Be aware of what's going on. I saw a video the other day, um, and it was a lady, and she's documenting where all of a sudden she gets this little package in the mail. And at first you, you would have thought that it came from Amazon or something, but she opened it up, and there's a bunch of very expensive sunglasses, and it was addressed to her, I think 10 or I can't remember. It was her son. He was either 10 or 11. And she's like, what, you know, what is this? And then the very next day she gets another package and it's bigger, opens it up and it's an Apple MacBook, which is a very expensive computer as everyone knows. And this was a predator that her child had, had been online um, through either one of the gaming things or something. So just be aware of that as well. Uh, you know, man, we're, you know, I, I don't, I guess that all the predator stuff has always been there. There's just now more ways for them to get at your children and get to your children. So just be aware and be all up in your business for the same things. Like I talk about drugs. Absolutely. So, um, we've talked about the one, one death every 11 minutes, just some statistics, um, 12, over 12 million people seriously have thought about suicide. Um, three and a half million have made a plan and 1.7 have attempted um, those are sobering numbers. And I, and I want to go over, um, just there are higher suicide rates among different race and ethnicity, um, age, and there's other factors. So, um, I just want to go over these real quick. Um, the highest rates are non-Hispanic non Americans, um, Indian, Alaskan native, um, are followed by non-Hispanic white people, other Americans with higher rates are veterans um and there is there is help for veterans um too we're seeing more more of that people also that live in you know rural areas 
um, they don't have access to the help that we have like in, in the cities. Um, so that's, that's another factor. Um, they're trying to, to get more help to those people in, in those areas. And there's also different people in, in different industries and occupations, um, like mining and construction, um, people who struggle with their identity, um, and their sexual identity, um, have a higher prevalence of suicidal thoughts. So, mm. um, as compared to those that identify as heterosexual. So 988 is the suicide and crisis lifeline 988. And I can promise you people worry somebody, they're going to send the cops to my house. They're going to come take me away. They're going to come take me and lock me up. Um, and I'm never going to get out. That's not the case. Um, these people are trained to talk to you. Um, so if you have no one to call, um, please, please pick up the phone and at least call um, 988 or you can even text if you're not comfortable talking and you're comfortable texting because, um, you know, there are people that are antisocial. They struggle with connections to people. If you are uncomfortable, you can text that number and you can also chat at 988lifeline.org. Um, and I don't know how we're going to do it, um, but people that need resources, I don't care what area it is, I'm going to find a way <laughs> where they can reach out and I can get resources. This is what I do for people where I work. Um, and I tell them if they have family or friends that have struggles, reach out to me. I don't care who it is. Um, at the end of the day, I want to help anybody that's struggling. I know what that, that feeling feels like to feel alone um, and feel like you have nobody um, or nobody cares. And, and I don't want anybody to feel that way. So again, 988 call or text, um, that number. So you, you touched on antisocial. I don't want to touch on that just a minute because as yeah. we know, uh, I dealt with that as well. Um, wow. I just dealt with all kinds of stuff, didn't I? Um, <laughs> we process things uh, when we process them, right? Yeah. It, um, I was in solitary confinement for a total of nine years. Uh, the first time I got out of prison, I'd done my last two in solitary confinement. When I came home, I wouldn't even go into a regular convenience store. Uh, the thought of it, I would pour, I would just pour sweat. I would shake. It was just like the most terrifying thing that, you know, I could do. And I wasn't a person who dealt with fear a lot. Uh, I was too stupid. But anyway, um, that was crippling to me. And so this antisocial thing is very, very real. And since 2020, I know the numbers of that have grew because everybody was isolated even more. Uh, and so that's a real thing too. Uh, and it's, it's hard. And that's something you can you reach out for help too. Cause I know what that's like not wanting to go outside the door. I mean, at the time, of course I was still using and, um, uh, I would, at, everybody be around me, um, at, during the day. And I told Beth this and she's never really seen me drink, but um, I would at night when everybody would leave, I'd have to kill uh, six beers just to even just calm down to be able to go to sleep. Uh, so it's very real. Um, but there's people that can help you with that as well. Uh, my uncle actually helped me with it, but, uh, uncle Randy, uh, is actually my uncle, by marriage, an amazing man, but that's another subject. But so it's very real. Reach out for help for that as well. Absolutely. Thank you for, for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, let me go over just some other statistics real quick so for every suicide death and this is for every suicide death right um mm -hmm. this is one every 11 minutes there were three hospitalizations for self-harm there was eight emergency department visits related to suicide 
there was 38 self-reported suicide attempts in that year um, and 265 people who seriously consider suicide. Um, and suicide usually happens after one or more attempts. So it's so, so important to pay attention to your loved ones um, or people around you, your neighbors. Um, we have a, seems like we have a hard time um, making eye contact with people anymore because we're, our faces are buried in our phones. Look without up, a doubt. without make a doubt. eye contact with people, um, smile at people, say hello. You have no idea just how much that little thing that we have control over can make such a difference to somebody. Um, do you, do you remember today when I was, we were talking on the phone, I was standing outside and this random guy was just walking down the street. Yep. He said, uh, Hey, how you doing today? And I just got so much of just an uplift from that alone. I mean, cause it just don't happen. You just don't yep. things just happen. Kindness is free. It's so important to me. It's kindness is free and it's easy to give away and it makes you feel better too. Yep. When you connect with people. Um, so it's important to do that. <laughs> Pay attention. And we had somebody actually last night um, text something about talking about this, about pay attention. Those, you know, all of a sudden just become very happy. People start giving things away. Those are signs, too, of um, somebody that has been struggling. If you know somebody has been struggling and all of a sudden they're just um, unusually happy, um, pay attention to that. They're giving things away. They've already made their plan and um decided that this is what they're going to do when they're going to do it. So, um, pay, pay attention to that. I never had thought about that, that part there about the giving stuff away until last night. Uh, but it makes perfect good sense. I, I it happened to one, one deal in prison. That's what this guy, one guy did. And, um, the next morning there, there he was, he was gone. Oh, um, yeah. so yeah, it's so sad and it breaks my heart. Um, for somebody to feel like they don't have anybody um, to talk to. So yeah. it's, um, something that can, you know, again, can be helped. It can be helped. So yeah. I'm not saying it's easy. Um, anybody struggling with addiction or mental health um, illness, you got to do the work. But I promise you it's worth it. <laughs> it's yeah. worth it. Without a doubt. You know, you got to you gotta take care of self. Um you know, everything's important. Of course, you know, I'm going to go back to number one, which is God. You know, uh, God can make you happy. Uh, that's for sure. It leads you to happiness. Uh, if you really get to know him, uh, lead start there too as well. That's that's a good place. Um, hope you find some kind of meaning. But, uh, yeah, but I've heard you say before too, if you don't believe, give it a chance. Yeah, just give it a week. Give it a week man, and, and see what happens. Um, I feel like you will. Um, you'll start to notice a thing. And, um uh, Bobby said, it's all about taking care of yourself and your health. It is, it really is. You know, you feel better about yourself, you know, getting a haircut and I cut mine every day anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and we're going to touch on self-care too. That's so important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, honey. No, I'm, well, I wanted to just <clears throat> real quick touch on, um, uh, um, addiction too. And we, we talked about every five minutes, someone dies from a drug overdose. Um, almost a hundred thousand people a year are dying from drug overdoses. Mm. We talked about comorbidity, which is, I hate that word really. <laughs> it just, it sounds awful, but you know, <laughs> the co-occurring disorders, which is addiction and mental health, um, coming together. We don't know what happens first. Either you have, um, you know, a, a mental health, which like you talked about, you don't want to feel your feelings and then you, you 
reach out to a substance um, to numb you out so you don't have to feel. Um, or then there's people that are on, you know, the drugs that lead to mental illness. For example, a meth-induced psychosis. Yeah. Um, I know a little bit about that as well. <laughs> Which can lead to schizophrenia. So, yeah. And so here's here's something from the last time somebody uses a drug, if they're fortunate enough to live, um, from the last time you, you use a drug, it can take 14 months or longer for your brain to restore back to a natural state if you're fortunate enough to get there. Be patient with yourself. If you if you are a person that suffers um, with drug addiction and you're in recovery, be patient with yourself um, because it takes time. You're not, it's not abnormal um, that you're thinking and everything is, is doesn't feel right just because you stop a drug doesn't mean um that everything is is fine um it takes time do you want to talk about any of the psychosis or yeah um i've kind of touched on it before but it's it's a for me i, I literally went to bed one night and woke up the next next day and something was different um i wanted to end our relationship um i started isolating I wouldn't eat. I was doing really all the things that would make you think that I was on drugs, but I wasn't. And um, I would sit in a, in a, in a parking lot in a car all day long, um, uh, just sit there, just a random parking lot. I had kind of my picks of, for whatever reason, the places I would go, but uh, I would just sit there. And um, I, knew, I knew something wasn't right, but I wasn't wanting to admit it, and I wasn't wanting to reach out and go get help. Um, but I finally listened and I finally did. It's very, very real. Um, so again, just, just, you'll see the signs in yourself and maybe you won't, but other people will. Uh, even if you kind of see them a little bit, you still may not want to say, ah, you're still, that little voice is going to tell you, ah, you're all right. You don't need it. But I'm going to tell you, please do it. Please reach out. Um, if I would have waited any longer again, I, I wouldn't be here today. Um, no. Without a doubt, I would not be here. So, hundred percent true. And in my opinion, for myself, I think it was just a combination of everything. I think everything just finally caught up with me, all the demons I call, I call them, and different things I was trying to escape from and run away from, and it all just hit me. And life was good at this time I'm talking about. my life, Our life was great. Um, well, John, the whole deal with John had just happened, but that had nothing to do with it. Um, but, um, yeah, it just clicked, and it can happen to anyone, So, so please um pay attention because it happens quick it happens i'm telling you literally i went to bed and i was fine um me and beth talked everything was fine the business was, was going good as it always did and um and then here i go it was it was again it'll be it'll be a lot of the same things well for me it definitely was um that it'll make you appear that you're using even though you're not and that's what most, most people are going to say so listen let them say that don't worry about it I didn't. It ate me up. I'm okay with it now. But, you know, because I was always one of them. Look here, I've been sober for 24 hours. I'm good. You should trust me. <laughs> Everything should be okay now. And uh, Of course, you know, it's not that way. But uh, just just pay attention, you know. And if you love someone who is an addict, um, and there's people that do love us all, and you have that person in your life and you love them, pay attention to them as well. Something like that, like a big drastic change. And it may not be as drastic as that. It may be 
so they stop doing something that they've always done uh, or they stop making their bed or they start sleeping into noon or whatever it may be or start staying up all night it could be a number of things just pay attention absolutely so more than uh drug over overdoses have killed um over a million people in the last 20 years um more than four times as many people died from a drug overdose than from homicide in one month in 2021. That's unbelievable because the homicide rate in this country is very high. In case you yeah. don't know that. Uh, I know you know that, but uh, yeah. people that are listening. Um, they are very high. Uh, and yeah. So think about that. They exceed homicides by over 307%. And these, again, are statistics that are, you know, a few years old. It takes a minute. Uh, we have people from the state that come and talk at our facility and they don't even have up up to date statistics so um anyway it's opioids are responsible for um 68 um of uh overdoses cocaine is is almost 22 percent um psychostimulants are 21 percent and methadone which is supposed to be um uh to help treat opioid um addiction is responsible for five percent um and i won't get into all that right now between uh, for those that are in uh, medical assisted treatment uh suboxone is much safer than methadone methadone is very addicting um but i won't get in that's not what we're talking about but that's just um that's just a fact so well, i'll say this real quick she knows this firsthand because i've tried that as well and it's just it's just an even stronger dope so but go ahead, honey. Yeah. So um, I don't want to keep killing people with statistics, but it's it's alarming. Um, and you can go on and look. And uh, men are twice as likely as women to die from drug overdoses. Um, uh, it's it's the, it, what's what's scary to me now too. We talked about yesterday is this xylazine that's out. That is that animal tranquilizer a large animal tranquilizer we're not talking about a dog we're talking about horses and elephants and um large animals that can be bought over the counter that they're cutting into drugs um and they're putting into pressed pills that look you know just like something you get from the pharmacy um it is so dangerous out there right now um to pick up anything and it's it's being cut into marijuana it's um it's being put in these cartridges the kids are buying vapes from people it's being put in that it is talk to your kids yeah i can't say this enough because you know it's it's bad enough for an adult but gosh it's getting to our kids um and it's it scares me to death um you gotta talk to your kids about what's going on educate yourself about um, what's, what's going on, talk to them about these things. Um, it's, it's just, I can't stress it enough. Um, I know we're kind of getting close on time. So I wanted to <coughs> talk about self-care. Self-care is so important to our mental health. Um, it's, we've got to take care of our physical, our mental, our emotional, emotional and our spiritual aspects, um, of our life. Um, all of those, it's all of it. So, um, some people think that, you know, it's a self indulgence to do this or that involving self care. 
Um, you talked about getting a haircut. I talked to people, go get your nails done. Go, you know, that's too extravagant. No, it's not. If that makes you feel good and you can afford it, go do that. Um, so what is self-care? Um, according to the WHO, which is the World Health Organization, um, self-care is being able to promote health, prevent de disease, maintain health, and cope with an illness or, or disability without support of a healthcare provider. So what are things that we can do to take care of our, of ourself? What are things that we can do? Um, do all kinds of things. Um, I'll so, speak as, I'll, I'll speak as an addict. I mean, start, um, being responsible. Um, that make you feel better. Uh, mm -hmm. taking a bath that make you feel better. Um, hygiene, that's huge. Hygiene, yeah, that's. I, I, I can't tell you how many uh, people that suffer from addiction I talk to that um, talk about just taking a shower sometimes when they're going through a moment of um, feeling like they want to use. Just going and taking a hot shower makes them feel better, but it makes yeah. me feel better too. Just when I, just to, when I get that shower, I feel so much better. If I've been sick. Um, you know, that's another thing that can lead to uh, depression too is, is, is sickness, but getting that shower, what we put in our bodies, what we eat, right? Things that we eat. Yeah. Yep. Do you feel good after you eat a greasy hamburger? It might taste good. Some peanut butter cookies. Mm. But does it weigh you down? Nutrition. And there's all kinds of foods you can research too that actually help with, um, you know, helping with depression and different things you're, you're going through. Um, so balancing our nutrition um lifestyle factors such as exercise which i don't like to call it exercise i like to refer to it as movement um you people say exercise and and i know for me it's like ooh, that's not a I, I want to be one of those people that wants to go and work out um and exercise and uh, all that but movement y'all you know, just getting up and walking or standing up in place and marching or whatever it is walking to the mailbox going to walk around the block um, going to kick your soccer ball with your kid, play basketball, whatever it is, movement, get up and move. Um, yeah. That helps. Put you some, uh, put some headphones in and download a good episode of Dane Gentry's podcast and uh, go take you a walk. Um, yeah. Just do some good healthy stuff or whatever it is, your favorite music. That's what I like to do. Uh, that's kind of a big thing for me. I like to put my headphones on and when I get there, when I'm in one of those moods or whatever, but uh, dressing nice uh, makes you feel better. Yeah. Whatever you whatever you can do. Um, and not everybody has great living conditions either, but no. we all have the ability to clean. So clean your house, clean your space, wherever you live, clean it. Um, organize. You can organize your things, make you feel better. I know, you know, we were talking about me. Um, I, you know, I went from um, a smaller, uh, a large space to a smaller space at one point and I can't stand stuff. Just I have to have it organized. I, I'm one of those people. I got to have things organized. I feel better. Um, whatever it is that makes you feel better getting out in the sunshine, get some of that vitamin D even in the winter. Cause winter, um, we know is, is a hard time for a lot of people. We used to think that like, um, suicides happen more around the holidays of Thanksgiving, um, Christmas and all that. But actually y'all right now and going into spring, these are when the, um, the, these are the higher levels of, uh, suicide. Is, is right now. Um, so I don't know where you live. Um, we've had, we had some like sub-zero temperatures here. We're now like in the sixties, but 
even when it was cold, I was opening up those windows and getting that sun to come in and get that sunshine. Yeah, we um, went what? We went like a week without any sunshine at all, or maybe even longer. Well, you think, remember, well you think that's why Alaska yeah, is so high in suicides. Yeah. They don't have that sunshine. I heard um, I heard our daughter there. She was telling everybody hello. Uh, that was Miss Kelly uh, barking a while ago. Um, Who? Kelly. I heard her barking. Once oh, she I, she barking. Okay. Yeah. yeah, she's having a nightmare. <laughs> that's the dog. <laughs> yes, that's the dog. Yeah, um, yeah. All these things are, are are just so important in every way, and everything we've talked about tonight is so important. And um, if you know someone struggling, uh, have them listen to this, or just uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna try to figure out a way to put some uh, resources in. I could put them in the chat. Uh, I'm not sure if people go back and watch if they're in the chat. Even I guess I should find that out. But um, yeah. You know that we all always leave always leave every show every night with my email. We can leave Beth's email and her work stuff also. Um, yeah, I would anybody that needs something, please. You know, if there's a way to do that, I want people to reach out and I'll I will send you resources. Um, I'm I I I just want to make sure everybody's knows how to how to go about it. So wherever your area is, I will look it up. Um. <laughs> Let's, because I know we're getting short on time. I just want to cover a couple more things because I know okay, it's going to be kept under hour. Um, so self care is is prioritizing your physical and mental health. Um, trying to adopt some healthy lifestyle habits. Um, eating a healthy diet, getting some movement. Um, I actually showed a video. This is um he's a British Olympic diver. His name is um Leon Taylor. Um, he's got a video out there and he talked about. As a kid, um, he had ADHD and his parents took him to a doctor. And what do doctors most of the time want to do? Put you on medication. Um, yep. His parents said not, no. Um, and they chose a different form. They chose movement. And this is where I got the movement from was from him because he talked about just talking about movement, not exercise, calling it movement. Um, it has been shown that he, he, some people have to be on medication. There's no shame in that at all. But some people don't. Um, he was able to um, able to deal with his ADHD without um, medication. So I'm not a promoter of either one. I'm just kind of wanting to throw some things out to people um, because if you need medication, you need it. Um, but that's up to a doctor and you to discuss together and decide. And if you don't like that doctor, get get another opinion. But he talked about that and how he was able um, to deal with his ADHD. Um, through getting out and moving and he's, he's um, an Olympic diver um, making sure we're getting good sleep, which I'm not very good at. Um, and I'm, and I'm in school and I'm working and raising a kid and uh, try, you know, we're doing all kinds of things. So I've got to get better than that, but getting having a schedule um, and getting, and getting good sleep. That's very important. Um, and taking time for yourself and doing kind things for yourself. You know, that's, that's important. Taking care of our, our, uh, every aspect of our health is so important and it affects our mental health. Um, stress is a huge factor in a lot of our lives and, um, it's not going to go away. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to have times, we're going to have tough seasons. Um, and sometimes our seasons last longer than, than we want them to. Um, but something I talked to, um, with the clients that we have is, is CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. 
Um, and, and there's all, all kind of YouTube videos you can look up on that. And basically what CBT is, is helping to, um, change our thoughts for people that are negative, helping change your thoughts from negative to positive. Um, it changes to change our behaviors, the way we do things, um, adopting healthy, positive ways. Um, something that we don't think about enough when we get stressed is just to breathe. Just mm. take time to take some slow, deep breath. Don't hyperventilate, y'all. <laughs> I can't but, tell you how many times she's told me, and I want to fight back on it. I don't want to do this breathing stuff, but it works. It does work. It does. It's slow, deep breath. When you're angry, and I do want to cover uh, sometime topic on anger and relationships and things like that. Um, but just getting away from a situation um, before you react to take to step away and just breathe, take some deep breaths. Um, that helps. There's also something I teach people called what I refer to as like a two minute vacation. And that is when you're highly stressed or going through something, even if you're at work, step into the bathroom, take a break, go out to your car, go, go somewhere that you can get away for just a couple minutes, close your eyes, start that breathing. And I want you to picture your favorite place. And mine is the ocean. Um, so I'll close my eyes and start my breathing, kind of lower my blood pressure, you know, bring myself back down a little bit and I'll start envisioning the beach and I start hearing the seagulls and I can hear the waves and I can feel the sun. Um, I can smell the salt air. I can feel the warm sand. When I'm focused on that, I can't focus on what's making me angry or stressed at the moment. And that right. will help to bring your body back to its baseline, bring your blood pressure down, bring your breath, your breathing rate down, whatever anxiety you're feeling, bring it all down. Um, if you can't do that, y'all grab something in your pocket. I give out these little stones to people, hold on to something. And when you're focused on what you're feeling in your hand, is it cold? Is it, is it warm? Is it rough? Is it rigid? When you're focused on something different, you cannot focus on whatever it is that's upsetting you at the moment. And I can, also, and, I also yeah. had to deal with that as well. I had to have something. Yeah. Um, a spinner. I used. I had one of those spinners. Yeah, that, fidget know, spinner. Kids have. Mm -hmm. uh, it worked for me. But uh, GJRB said ocean is his is his place too. Love so, the ocean. Yeah, yeah, she's all about that, buddy. That's her place. That's for sure. Yep, my mom um, told me to move there, but I said, you know what? I wouldn't appreciate it as much if I lived by the ocean. So it's a special place for me to get to go and and visit. But yeah, I, lo I love that. Some people like the the mountains. I like the mountains too, but the ocean. There's something about it, and I feel so so um, close to God when I'm there. It's 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 very spiritual for me. So which um, let me ask you real quick. I'm gonna put it in the chat. Uh, GGRB also said yes. Whenever people go back and they download or look at the lives, they can see the chat. Um, which email do you want me to put in there? The the seven one seven one or yes, one? yeah. Go ahead and put that one in there. And in the in the subject line, put resource because I get a lot of junk mail. So put resources in that um, in the subject line. So I'll see that, or you can you can put your name of your show or whatever um, in there. Okay. To reach out. Well, I'm putting it all in there now. You just go right ahead. Okay. Well, I don't want to, I know we're coming to the end. I had a, a lot of stuff I want to talk about, but it's something for, uh, for another day. We can, um, we can talk about it. the main thing is I'll, I want people to, um, practice self-love, 
taking care of ourselves, realizing that there's nothing wrong with you that cannot be fixed where mental health um, and addiction is concerned. There is help available. Do not give up before the miracle happens because it's there. Um, if you don't believe, if you don't, if you, if you don't believe in, in God and Christ, consider giving it a chance. Um, find, find something, um, find, find something, um, other than yourself and people. You put your faith in other people. Um, you have expectations in people that can lead to a letdown, especially when you're struggling with mental health. Um, so reach out to people, start building connections. Um, you know, reach out, try to get, um, therapy, whatever it is, do something, do something different, but don't give up. Do not give up because everybody, everybody is worthy and has a purpose. Yes, they are. And, and <clears throat> when we have beat ourselves down with addiction and mental health, uh, we feel very, very unworthy. I always knew I was loved. That's because I had someone very special in my life uh, during it. Not always, but the the last of it for sure. Um, she's a, She was there. Um, she never let me down. Um, she always had my back. And um, she's, you know, talk about God. He's, he's first, but, you know, Beth comes second with me being here. Um, yes. And, and when you have someone like that in your life, it's it's worth it for them. I, I do believe that you have to get sober and do all these things for yourself. But I'm also one of them who will tell you I do believe you need somebody else as well. But that you don't have to have someone. I don't mean it that way. Um, but for me, um, you know. It's, That's it's why we talk about building connections. You may not have that person. Right. Um, and if you don't, again, reach out to the crisis number 988. They have resources. Um, United Way um, number 211 call do not give up y'all do not give up pass this on reach out to others be kind to each other um look look out for others we don't do enough of that anymore um no, we don't so um yeah just take care of yourselves do what you got to do but just don't give up um and you and you know i've had to rebuild um you know new relationships with people not everybody you know people have let me down too um and but don't give up. There's somebody there, but start building those connections. Find something you enjoy doing during COVID. Like I even just started bird watching and learning about birds. <laughs> um, I, st I bought some cheap bird feeders and started feeding the birds and learning about the different birds. I picked up something called poor painting, which is P-O-U-R painting, which is pretty cool. But find, try different things. Um, but it, it's temporary. This is, it's temporary. Um, there is help available. So um, if you don't have that special person that you can depend, depend on, there's other ways. And that's I why know. I keep talking about, you know, reaching out connections, find hobbies, you know, get into some, a hiking club, a biking club, what a painting club, whatever it is that you like. Not a biker, not a biker club, a biking, no, a biking club, yeah, <laughs> which is healthy, which, yeah. you know, is like that's you're getting exercise and and meeting people. Um, it is. But it's but it's important um, to do those things and um, just to not give up, just not give up. And something else I do is when I'm really stressed and I feel like I'm alone. And sometimes, y'all, you can feel alone when you're in a house full of people because you're not connecting. No. Um, it's something I do when I'm really stressed is to write in journal, but I will write down whatever's going on and people will call it like you put it in a God box. Um, whatever that is, what it's significant of is 
is releasing that to your higher power. I stick mine. I'll write down whatever I'm upset about, fold it up, and I just open my Bible and stick it in my Bible. And I promise y'all, I had somebody tell me this a long time ago, and I thought, yeah, right. It works. Um, there is power in it, and um, it's just significant of me giving it to God. Like, I don't have control over this, so I give it to him. And somehow it resolves itself. I don't know how. <laughs> I guess that's faith. All right. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for um, letting me share this. It was awesome. This is now my favorite show I've done so far. Oh. Uh, and I've done some good ones. Uh, thank you, Bobby. Yeah. Uh, thank you, K-A-V-Y. Uh, I'm not sure how we say that, but thank you so much for coming by. Uh, if it's your first time, come back and see us again. I do at least, uh, it was three live shows. I've been doing a lot more here lately. Um, I am going to switch up and go to video. Uh, I won't be able to put the videos on here. But on other all other platforms, but I will still uh, keep coming on Podbean as well. And uh, GGRB, thank you so much, Bobby. Thank you so much. GGRB, yeah, yes. he he comes to a lot of my shows. He's here awesome. a lot. And, uh, thank you again, Beth. And the resources thank are there. You. And remember, when that little negative voice tells you you can't, remember you can because you can. Amen. And it's going to tell you you can't. Don't listen to it. You know it's a liar. So just like the devil and that's anything negative is the devil and everything positive is God. Um, we love y'all and thank y'all and God bless and everybody have a good night. Good night. All right, baby.